This is Studio 1886, a Bosch Global Software Technologies podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Studio 1886, your exclusive window to life and work at BGSW. I'm your host, Sukoon, and today we are back with yet another fun-filled episode where I take you through the many facets of Boschlers at BGSW their perspective, their passions, their stories, and so much more. With International Friendship Day just around the corner, I have with me today Swaminathan K, Charulata Jain, and Nikhil Janardhan, a group of diverse bachelors who are here to share how seriously they take their workplace friendships. I also have an interesting conversation with Manu Menon and Niranjana Bose about some of the fascinating technologies they are working on that is actually making life better. That's not all. I find out all about Arun Balakrishnan's journey into how he achieved his Iron Man title. Now that's one packed episode, folks. So let's get started. This is Studio 1886, a Bosch Global Software Technologies podcast. They say that the friendships you develop during your younger days are the ones that stick on for life. And while that may be true, I believe that once your career begins, the friendships you make along the way at your workplace have a special meaning and place in one's life. With International Friendship Day just around the corner this Sunday, the 30th of July, there couldn't be a better time to delve into a little bit more on why workplace friendships or your work buddies are important. And sharing their perspectives today, I have Swaminathan K, VP and Head of Global Sourcing and Strategic Partnership Management at BGSW, Charulata Jain, Office of the Executive Senior Vice President at BGSW, and Nikhil Janardhan from the Marketing and Communications team joining me. How are you guys doing? Hey, great. Thank you. We are doing fine and hope the same from you. Thank you for joining us here, Swami. Charu, how about you? I'm doing good. Bangalore weather is great. Thanks. Lovely. Nikhil, how have you been? I've been doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us here, all of you. Swami, now first and foremost, you have been part of BGSW for more than 25 years now. And you're even managing partnerships at BGSW now. So in your experience, why do you think building bonds at workplace are important to foster? So work buddies are extremely important for me uh, in the context of the organization. Uh, They create an atmosphere of creative thinking. You can be extremely informal in this atmosphere. There are no inhibitions in play. Uh, You don't feel silly or stupid to ask a question. Uh, So it really kindles creative thinking. It's also an informal review board where you can bounce your ideas with your work buddies, with your friends. Sometimes you feel negative and frustrated in the organization. So your work buddies come and help you take out this negativity. In fact, sometimes they add a lot of positivity in you. They reinforce it and actually double it. They exponentially increase it. So they all make this office into uh, something, you know, which is much more than a building. Uh, This office is is a building where you meet your buddies, your work buddies. You have fun at work. Uh, All this makes us into a cool software company at BGSW. Lovely, Swami. I love how you have literally equated work buddies to the good juju that one needs in life. Uh, Thank you for that. Charu, I hear that you have completed 10 years at BGSW recently. How would you compare the friendships you have built at the workspace over the past 10 years to those otherwise? What do they mean to you? 10 years. Now that makes me feel old and very special <laughs> at the same time. Uh, predominantly, I've been working in the coimbatore location. I've been in Germany for some time on short-term assignments and now almost a year in Bangalore. 
diversified workplaces, interesting topics. Each friend in this journey has been very unique to me beyond comparisons. When I look back, I've had workspace friends where I could get into a meeting room, have underlined perspectives on the most complex technical topics, yet cherish a cup of coffee outside the meeting room, keeping the distance of views aside. I've had colleagues with whom I started not on a nice note, and now are friends who have become inseparable part of my life, both in personal and professional spaces. I have friends who have guided me, celebrated my success, been a critic, given feedbacks that were constructive, handheld me when I wanted to clear up chaos in challenging situations. They made me realize one of my strengths of making friends at ease. Friends add meaning to life. This statement has made a presence in my life, literally. They mean a second family to me. Well, friends truly are the family we choose. I agree with that. Nikhil, you have been at BGSW for more than two years now. And a major period of this time has been during the pandemic. How has your experience been with your work buddies now that everyone is returning to the campuses? Oh, thank you for that question, Sukun. It's been an incredible journey at BGSW past two years. I do remember I joined the team as an intern that was during the pandemic. It had its own unique challenges. However, it also did provide me a lot of opportunities that I learned and helped me grow in that dynamic environment. I do remember a very interesting part is how my work buddies and I always found this innovative way to stay connected and we collaborated effectively despite we had that physical distance. We had various number of meetings, numerous phone calls, messages, we also use different platforms to video call each other and have to say our coffee breaks had become virtual. Over a span, I did realize that these were the lifelines that had enabled us to maintain a very strong communication and hold the team together. Now that everyone is returning back to campus, there is a sense of happiness and excitement in it that we get to meet face to face once again. While yes, working from home had its own perks, I would definitely say Coming back to office had its own spontaneous interactions. We can close informal decisions. And apart from working, we also do a lot of fun stuff. We recently did a potluck. We went out for movies, lunch, Zumba classes. On weekends, we play football. Have to say, we also planned a 10K run for which most of my team members didn't show up. (laughs) And many more. Now, these are things that we cannot replicate virtually. But yeah, last but least, I want to add one thing. I come from marketing and communication team where creative thinking has always been our top priority. I have realized over a few years that I tend to get creative when people are around me physically. So yes, getting back to office with your work buddy is a very, very exciting phase for me. Well, for what it's worth, I would settle for a virtual coffee instead of the 14K marathon, Nikhil. But Swami, coming back to you, now before the internet, social media and all the tech advancements took over life, what were some of the things or activities you and your work buddies used to do to bond during or after work? Hey, I'm looking for those uh, moments once again. I wish I did not have my mobile phone or my iPad or even my laptop. Uh, You know, in those days when the internet and social media had not taken over, we played much more. Uh, We played cricket. We played cricket with tennis ball. I discovered my leg spin, that I'm capable of doing leg spin bowling. (laughs) Yeah, I played a lot of badminton with my friends. We did a lot of trekking together. So we played a lot more. Uh We spoke a lot more together at the office, during lunch, after the office, during weekends. We met more during parties and dinners. Uh, How can I forget the weekend dinners that used to go to Brigade Road 
in Bangalore. Our favorite restaurants were uh, the Rice Bowl and Shangri-La. You know, it was something very special for us to go to Brigade Road and have a Chinese dinner. Uh, so I remember each one of this. These were the days before the internet and the social media. There was one thing which I would like to add. You know, we used to have a stone bench in front of our canteen. Yeah, in the office, we used to call it uh, Jagli in Canada. And we used to sit there and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> and we used to laugh and laugh and laugh. And those are the days which are really gone and uh, which I am longing to have back. Ah, well, I hope you do still laugh enough and more with your friends. And, you know, I hope you still uh, utilize the juggly as you shared just with us. Now, before I let all of you go, one quick question. So do you have a memorable incident involving any of your close work friends that you would like to share with us? Swami, how about we start with you? Okay. So I went to uh, a picnic or a vacation with some of my close friends. We went to Mysore and we stayed in one of my buddies' home. You know, we slept on the floor. In those days, we just uh, took an air pillow and some bed sheets. Uh, we slept on the floor. And uh, we had one silly joke, you know, uh, PJ, uh, a poor joke or a pathetic joke. We laughed over it for about five hours. The same joke repeated again and again. We laughed over it for five hours. And we recall each one of this moment again and again and again in this WhatsApp group today. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this incident I can never forget in my life. Nice. Charu, how about you? It's a very tough question, you know. You have so many incidents. So the top which comes on my travel memory lane probably would be uh, one of my work friends, quite adorable. I know her for the last six years. Uh, she traveled all across the European borders, came on a personal trip for two weeks. And it just happened before covid uh, so we went around five different states in two weeks, covered Indian weddings, both from North and South, uh, traveled across the famous touristic places like the Taj Mahal, did a tech talk together at a reputed university in India. So this has been very close to me because uh, she became part of my family. When I was there in Europe, she hosted me with her family. So relationship has gone beyond work and we are family friends too and a pen pal too. So. That's special for me. Wow, that's quite something. Uh, Nikhil, how about you? Yeah, I also have some few memorable incidents. So one of the top thing that comes to my mind is the name change event that we did in our company. That is when we changed the name from Robert Bosch Engineering and Business Solution Limited to Bosch Global Software Technology. I was really fortunate to be a part of that event. So this is one of my unforgettable projects I worked on. This is when all our associates were invited back to office to attend the event. So that is when I saw most of my colleagues and works buddy for the first time. It was like a reunion and we were so excited to finally put face to the names we have been collaboratively working virtually. So I would definitely say this is something that comes to my mind every time I think of a memory. Wow. You guys, you've made me nostalgic for what it's worth. And I'm actually like revisiting my friendships with the work colleagues that I've fostered over the last, you know, two decades. So Thank you for taking me on this journey with you. Thank you for being here and sharing your views on this. Here's to making more connections and bonds and truly enjoying every moment of your time on campus. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This is Studio 1886, a Bosch Global Software Technologies podcast. We now have with us two Boschlers to share a little bit about how they are involved in some very fascinating work in the world of technology. 
Please welcome Manu Menon, who drives IoT strategy at BGSW, and Dr. Niranjana Bose, a software architect for healthcare solutions at BGSW. Welcome, you guys. How are you doing? Hello, Sukun. Hello, Niranjana. Fantastic to be here. Doing great. Thanks. I'm also good. Thank you so much. So now, before I ask the bigger questions, I want to know how attached to your phones are you right now? And what was the last app you used? Well, uh, I would say I'm fairly attached to my phone, like the most of us. It's become a big enabler of how we get things done. Uh, the last app that I use is LinkedIn. <laughs> nice, Niranjana. How about you? So I'm kind of attached to my phone for nearly seven hours a day. Uh, well, I try to be mindful of how I use my phone. Mostly, it's for work-related tasks and learning. Uh, so the last app. Just like Manu, I also have been using uh, LinkedIn because I'm quite using it a lot these days because to keep up with what's happening around. Nice. I see work is a priority. So, Manu, you are responsible for driving IoT strategy for various customers, and I came across one of your blog posts discussing the concept of connected tires. I found it super interesting, and uh, I would love for you to tell us a little more about that. Sure thing. First and foremost, thank you very much, Sukun, for reading the blog. Now, coming to the context of connected tires, whether you look at automobiles of today or automobiles of tomorrow, be it an internal combustion engine to fuel cells or hydrogen, tires are still going to be very relevant. And if you look at the engineering behind the tires, they've largely stood the test of time for over a century. And if you look at the connectivity solutions in the market today. They are by and large limited to just understanding the pressure of these tires. Now, through connected tires, you have sensors that are embedded inside the tire, coupled with onboard diagnostics of a vehicle, all of which sends data to the cloud, where machine learning algorithms are able to decode and construct insights of much higher value, like the load on the tire, the wear of these tires, the alignment, etc. So. Tires are able to touch and feel what other technologies are able to see and hear. In the context of autonomy in vehicles, tires, we believe, are going to play a very important role. I knew that tires are important to a vehicle, but I just feel like they're the most crucial thing ever in the world, right? As of this moment, Manu. My next question is to you, Niranjana. So you are a software architect involved with BGSW's hemoglobin monitoring device, Vivare. Now I find it intriguing that this device offers a very quick and non-invasive technology for hemoglobin testing. Could you elaborate a bit on the underlying technology that enables this? So Vivare HP and the HP Pro it kind of uses this technology combination of multi-wavelength spectrophotometry alongside artificial intelligence to give the value of the total hemoglobin value. So to go a little bit deep into it, spectrophotometry—it's a quantitative approach, you know, that can measure the optical properties of any object that you're trying to evaluate. So it's based on how much light it can absorb. Our human blood actually contains a variety of hemoglobin components. So you know, our team experimented with the combination of light wavelengths as to which can uh, not only you know get hold of these molecules, but also to avoid other interfering components in blood. So once our team got the hold of these kind, these right wavelengths of light, uh, so we designed the customized sensor configuration to gather these uh, uh, the absorption profile signals. So these signals then it 
goes through our data processing pipeline, which is actually technically proven by the research and even by our academic collaborators. So before being, it is then it is sent to an ML system that will in turn estimate the total hemoglobin concentration. This technology, though it seems so basic, but it has a lot of potential to extend further where we can actually, uh, you know, non-invasively monitor many other health vitals. So this allows for a better health access to the masses. Nice. I, again, I love how, you know, you've made this sound so simple. Like literally it is easy and everybody should explore. And I love how it's non-invasive, but Moving on to the next question for both of you. So given your involvement with technology and innovation, what do you think will be the next groundbreaking tech revolution in the coming 10 to 15 years? Right. So to my mind, it's the Internet of Things along with artificial intelligence. If you look at Internet of Things and artificial intelligence, it's exactly where the Internet was about 15, 20 years ago. And we are clearly seeing an inflection point. Focusing on the Internet of Things, let's take the example of a car. From just focusing on one-time sales of that particular car, through IoT, you're able to focus on a whole lifetime of value for your customers and a value that you can capture. Couple that along with artificial intelligence, you're able to personalize this value like never before. So such a personalized, seamless value is at the heart of what makes breakout growth possible Therefore, I see that uh, artificial intelligence engine of things is the big next thing going to happen. I hear you and I feel you, Manu. Niranjana, how about you? So, uh, next to artificial intelligence, I see quantum computing is picking up its pace right now because that I found it as the next groundbreaking technology. As the name suggests, you know, it actually uh, leverages the principle of quantum mechanics, a little bit of physics. But yeah, but it, it could perform, you know, certain computations much more efficiently than any classical computers. So in the terms of research right now, they are trying to use it for drug discovery where traditional practices is that you have to develop the drugs in the molecules, very specific properties. And then you have to go through, a you know, it's time consuming to go through this clinical trials. But with quantum computer, you can simulate these molecular interactions so that you can accelerate these processes. The another area I see is this, uh, where you can use it for material science, where you could design new materials with specific properties. Uh, in fact, Bosch goal is to use quantum computing uh, simulation so to find some uh, precious materials which can be used for carbon neutral power trees in the electric motors and the fuel cells. So for the next 10 years, this is, this is gonna see uh, a massive change. So in short, I could say that it could do some tasks well beyond what we actually see to right now. And it has a massive potential to increase its capabilities. I love that word potential because I think it's always about possibilities. And I know that the world is filled with quite a few. Now, before I let you go, one last question. So what do you do when you're not transforming lives with technology? What do you do in your free hours? Well, I am very much into health, fitness, wellness, geopolitics, public policy and rhetoric. I'm an avid reader on all these topics. And when I'm not gymming, running, I'm mostly into squash or swimming. I love uh, what your daily days look like. Definitely interesting. Niranjana, how about you? Um, in my free hours, you can probably see me in the kitchen, you know, experimenting with new cuisines. 
where a few of my fellow colleagues they come become the master chef judges to rate it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also i try to keep up my childhood hobby where i do a little bit of acrylic painting because strangely mixing colors you know makes me calm and it gives me new ideas so i can still use it for transforming lives i truly believe whatever lets you be and lets you be happy you must indulge in it and uh, i have enjoyed my conversation with both of you thoroughly i'm intrigued and curious at the same time about uh, the world of iot and ai and i won't be surprised if i end up reading up or probably picking up a course myself but thank you so so much for uh, sparing time joining us here in studio 1886 both of you thank you so much thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for having me This is Studio 1886, a Bosch Global Software Technologies podcast. So one of the definitions of extreme is exceeding the ordinary, usual or expected. And for many people out there, the idea of completion of a triathlon may surely fit in this definition. For the unversed, Ironman triathlon takes three events. That is 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and 26.2 mile run and puts them into one. Now wouldn't you call that extremely challenging? I sure would. And in this segment we caught up with one of the cool bachelors, Arun Balakrishnan, who completed this grilling 140.6 miles triathlon with a timing of 15 hours, 29 minutes and 5 seconds. That too in his very first attempt. Welcome Arun to Studio 1886 and first of all Congratulations on this fantastic achievement of yours. And thank you for having me here. Thanks for that nice introduction. Well, uh Arun first of all, I'm super curious to know what were those roller coasters of emotions within you when you were near the finishing line? Yeah, it is a very nice feeling to be on the Ironman uh, finish line. But uh, prior to that, I signed up for this race in way back in 2019 when I did uh, complete uh, three off Ironman distance races, and then uh, in 2020 I was uh, planning to do this full distance. Then uh, the COVID struck, so all the races were cancelled, and there was an extended lockdown. And in 2021, myself was uh, affected by COVID, and in 2022 I was recovering, and then I resumed my triathlon training only in 2022 October. Then um, I had a structured plan, and then the plan worked. I executed day in and day out uh, all my schedules, all my trainings, and I had uh, people around me cheering me, motivating me, and uh, finally it happened on second uh, uh, of July, twenty twenty-three, to be on the finish line. That's lovely, and your timing was superb. It was fifteen hours, twenty-nine minutes, and five seconds. Now, many people only think about the physical aspect of competing in an extreme event like this, but it does take equal amount of mental preparation as well. So what went behind your physical as well as mental preparation for this triathlon? Yeah, so uh, triathlon is a lifestyle sport. Uh, so it is uh, it is uh, focusing on physical aspects. It is not focusing on the mental aspect. It is also focusing on the emotional aspect. A lot of things um, holistically. Okay, so uh, for the physical aspect is concerned, yeah, we have the three sports uh, together: swimming, cycling, and running. along with uh, you also do the strength and conditioning you do yoga uh, and you do mobility exercises right for the physical aspect of things and for the mental yeah it is a quite a challenging sport in the sense that there is a lot of variables in play like the temperature the 
the external environment the wind condition and um, yeah uh, um, so you have to keep your mind um, calm and composed because that is the only aspect you can be in control of so the mental aspect of things yes um, after a point in any endurance sports yes physical takes you to 50% but the rest is uh, mind over the body the mind and body should be aligned so that um, uh, you are in sync and then you can uh, you are up to the challenge so along with staying calm composed and focused how did you find the time for training and managing it all with a full time role at bgsw family and other priorities uh, that's uh, uh, time management is very critical uh, uh, bgsw as such has got a, a very good uh, work life balance in policy in principle also in practice along with that uh, right now i am single so i am sorted and work wise uh, if you say i happen to talk to my boss regarding my triathlon uh, ironman goal in pune his name is uh, rahul puranik and um, he understood the magnitude of uh, my goal and then in turn in fact um, there was one more boschler who himself is a triathlete his name is uh, vijay kakat and um, i happened to meet him in pune again um, so that has become like um, uh, and uh, now it's a uh, second year in consecutively second year that uh, boschler is uh, becoming a ironman triathlete so bosch has got the environment um so i made use of it lovely so along with balancing everything and achieving what you did were there ever times when you thought why am i doing this and you wanted to give up how did you handle those moments yeah as i told uh, i was eyeing at this uh, ironman full ironman distance way back in uh, 2019 uh, but that was not supposed to be the case uh, the covid stri- uh, struck and then it was a uh, longer than expected uh, or lockdown so my training everything went for a toss and in 2021 i was struck with covid i was um, i was uh, taking some time to recover in 2022 only i resumed my uh, training so that time i was uh, low on my morale but still the goal was still burning so i had to complete uh, the unfinished task okay so i once i set my sight uh, for 2023 then there is uh, no looking back lovely now quick time for self analysis what is your strongest and weakest part of a triathlon and why uh to be a triathlete uh, you need to be good in all the three sports and you need to enjoy them thoroughly right and then um uh for the swim leg at least you will be fresh enough uh, to start the swim leg and then uh, once you are in the bike yeah it is like um, you need to be good at it because um, you have to spend a, a considerable duration more than 50% of the entire uh, race over in uh, your cycling leg right i am uh, good in cycling uh, even prior to my triathlon journey so and when it comes to running uh, that is where uh, you being challenged both physically as well as mentally and uh, when it comes to running you will be running in the middle of the day when the sun is out out and you will be uh, facing the extreme heat and you will be under um, enormous uh, fatigue and uh, stress right i feel that uh, the run leg in a triathlon is more challenging uh, compared to the other two legs yeah wow so arun i know i speak for the listeners also when i say this 
you have left us motivated to at least chase our personal fitness goals with more vigor. Thank you so, so much for being here on Studio 1886 again. And uh, on behalf of all my listeners who must truly be in awe of you, congratulations again and all the very best for many more victories ahead of you. Thank you. Thanks for hosting me. This is Studio 1886, a Bosch Global Software Technologies podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening to all our guests today as much as I did hosting them. I definitely had a blast. And now for the quiz that I know all of you are waiting for and a chance to win something too. I have three questions for all you Boschelers at BGSW. Make sure to find the link to submit your answers in the corporate communications email you would have received during the launch of this episode. So here we go. Question one. According to Niranjana, what will be the next groundbreaking tech revolution in the coming 10 to 15 years? Question number two. Before the advent of the internet, social media and advanced technologies, what were some of the ways Swami used to spend time with his friends at the workplace? Question number three. What is the strongest part of a triathlon as mentioned by Arun? Once again, quickly reminding you that you can send in your answers by clicking on the link in the corporate communication email that you would have received while this episode is released. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. I hope to catch you all in our next episode with more bachelors, more conversations and a lot more fun. Stay tuned. That's all for now on Studio 1886. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favorite podcast and player and leave a rating and a review as well. It helps other listeners to discover the show and I would just really appreciate it. Even better, if you know someone who would enjoy the podcast, share it with them.